Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. Hill City, good morning. So excited to get to do this. It's fun to be in big church. I'm going to speak in big church. Um, hey, let's do a little recap before we dive in. We're going to be in Hebrews 11 today. But let's look back. So a couple weeks ago, Brad talked about the better mercy seat that is Jesus. The old covenant versus new covenant, how the old covenant stains, but the new covenant removes stains. And then last week, Dr. Moore was here, and he spoke through Hebrews 10, how we can be in the presence of Jesus through faith, hope, and love. And you see, at the end of chapter 10 this week, we got the verse 39, and verse 39 set up where we're going today. When we're going in chapter 11, verse 39 said, We are not those who shrink back and are destroyed, but are those who have faith and preserve their souls. That was at the end of chapter 10 last week, verse 39. And that's setting up exactly where we're going this week. Faith. That's the word you need to hold on to, faith. At the end of chapter 10 here, he is telling us that we are people of faith. If you follow Jesus, faith is a banner word for us to hold on to. And what I love about Hebrews 11, remember, Hebrews in general would have been a sermon that was given to the Hebrew people. It was written to be given in a sermon. And so what he does is like any other preacher ever does. right? He gives you all this information, all these things to think about, and he says, here's some examples of that happening. And that's exactly what chapter 11 is. And so we get to verse 1 today in chapter 11. So we've been told we are people of faith, and now we're going to be told what faith is. Verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Conviction of things not seen. Last week, Royce used the term when talking about faith, holy imagination. Holy imagination. It's this vision for the future. Even though you don't know what the future holds, you know not only do you have a vision for the future, but God has a vision for the future. Right? And the term the, the, term the author uses here is assurance of things hoped for. Assurance is a synonym for confidence. Like you can take confidence in the things you hope for in Christ. There's confidence there. The confidence that you are saved like he said you are saved. He keeps going into verse 2. It says, for by it the people of old received their commendation. Hold on to that. That's where we're going to be getting here in just a couple verses. But by faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. So that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Saying, look around. Look around. It's proof of a good God. It's proof of a powerful God. Look at the moon and the stars, the sunrise, the sunsets, the oceans, the mountains. And it's, it's that faith isn't irrational. Right? Like there are things in our world that we can actually see with our eyes that say like, listen, you actually have some things to hold on to that you can see. Right? What we see proves what we can't see. So chapter 10, into chapter 10, he tells us we're people of faith. The beginning of chapter 11 says here's what faith is. And now we're going to look into what does faith look like? What does faith look like? And he sends us to these examples. Right? And this is quite the list that the preacher goes into. And he's using these examples 
to further prove one thing. Faith is possible. He wants the Hebrews to hold on to. Faith is possible. Boldness in the faith is possible. It's been done before. So we head in to verse 4. And I'm going to have a chart up behind me that is going to let us see. We're not going to walk through every one of these people today. But I want us to be able to see. Can we get that chart up here? I want us to be able to see this chart because as we can't walk through it, I still want us to be able to see that lots of people have done lots of things by faith. And God has, has talked about the ways that when they have acted out in faith, what has happened. And the thing about all of these people we're going to look at today is they didn't do just, most of them didn't do just one act of faithfulness. Their lives were identified as faithful. We're going we're to see this phrase, by faith, used 19 times in this text today. 19 times in one chapter, by faith, he gives this person, by faith, they did this. By faith, they did this. There was marks of faith in their life. For each of these people, faith wasn't just a concept. Right? Faith wasn't just something that was in their head, something they just believed in. No. Faith took them to something. Noah. God get, told him, that, listen, there's a flood coming. You need to construct an ark. It's not faith for Noah to believe that. No, what is faith when Noah builds the ark? That's faith. Faith is me coming to the edge of this stage, turning around, putting a blindfold on, asking a couple of you to come up here and catch me. I'm not going to do it. Don't worry. But if I did it and I said I have faith, it's not faith if I just stand there and wait. It becomes faith when I decide to put my faith in you and fall backwards. That's faith. Faith is true faith is really shown when an action is met with it. When we have to step out into something. It's the action that makes it faith. And that's scary. Stepping out of faith is hard. It's uncertain. It's not concrete. But for these people, all the people we're going to run through today and talk through, three, we see three things they all held in common. Three things that were a result of their faith. Confidence, perseverance, and endurance. Confidence, perseverance, and endurance. Let's talk confidence first. You see, our, the faith, he's, tell, he's telling these Hebrew people, listen, the people of the Old Testament, their faith gave them confidence. But not just like an arrogant confidence. No, it gave them confidence in the future. Confidence in the future, it's going back to this assurance terminology, right? Assurance, confidence, synonyms. To put it another way, it's assurance and confidence is unwavering conviction. That you can move forward with boldness, move forward with, with confidence, knowing that you're not the one who holds your future. Which some of us, that may, gives us a little bit of anxiety, but there's freedom in that. There's freedom in not holding on to your old, own future because we get confidence because we've seen God time and time again be honest and hold true to his promises. Abraham, one of the guys mentioned, Abraham had promise after promise after promise given to him. We sing the song Promises here. The very, very first part of promises goes God of Abraham, 
You're the God of covenant and faithful promises. Time and time again, you have proven you'll do just what you said. You hear the confidence in that statement. Confidence moving forward. The faith, the assurance knowing that God will stay true to his promises. Then we get to the next one, this idea of perseverance. You see, confidence and perseverance are in tandem, but they're different. It's slightly nuanced. You see, their faith calls them to persevere in the midst of waiting. Persevere in the midst of waiting. We get to verse 13. Verse 13, so we've just talked 4 through 12, those people you saw behind me. He gives all these statements of this person by faith did this. And then again and again and again he says that. And then we come to verse 13, it says, these all died in faith. So all these people, they all died in faith. Not having received the things promised. But having seen them and greeted them from afar. And having a knowledge that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Let's talk about Abraham again. So all those promises Abraham was given, some of them weren't met in his lifetime. Some of those promises weren't met in his lifetime. He was promised that his offspring would receive the land of Canaan. It wasn't until 500 years after his death that that happened. When he died, he had one plot of land. He was promised that his descendants would number like the sand on the seashore. When he died, he had eight sons. Promises not met in his lifetime. But we go to people like, we see Noah. We're like, Noah got his promise. Noah got his flood. Sarah got her child. They still haven't received the fullness of their promise. They haven't received the totality of their promise. We flash back to Genesis 12 with Abraham again. And God promises Abraham, all the families of earth will be blessed through you. And that blessing that he's saying that is going to come to all the families is Jesus. The Messiah to come, to save the people, to give eternal life. You see, that is the promise that all of these people never got to see come to fruition. They hadn't received the fullness of their promise, and so they were left to wait. They had to persevere and keep waiting and waiting. And we get to verse 14. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. Let's remember, these Hebrew people are looking back at going back to faith before Jesus, to the old covenant ways. They're looking back and they're, they're looking back at the comfortable way, the thing they're used to, the thing that made sense back then. And now they're in a time where faith isn't easy. And they're having to choose faith and they're thinking about going back and here's what the author's saying, listen, People have had the same opportunity to do what you're thinking about doing right now. But persevere. Keep going. Don't stop. Why? Why persevere? Because as it is, they desire a better country. There's that better terminology. That is a heavenly one. 
Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. He's he's reminding them, listen, they were promised the Messiah to come. For you, the Messiah has already come. Don't look back to your old ways. Keep looking forward to the promises to continue to be fulfilled. Keep persevering. Don't look back. Keep moving forward. The promise is coming. Have assurance. So we get to verse 23. And we have another set of people. He goes through the same concept. He talks through, there's this person who by faith did this thing. Goes through this list for nine more verses. And then he gets to verse 32 and he just starts rattling off names. He pretty much says, I could do this all day. I could do this all day and talk about all the people of old who have lived by faith. He does that 32 through 34 and then we get to 35 and this is where it's different than the last list. It's different because this time it's when people lived by faith but in the midst of suffering. With the added thing of suffering. So verse 35, listen to this. These is the things that these people went, went through. They were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. You hear that? Better life. The torture that they were experiencing here was still not as good as what they knew what would be better going forward. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They stoned, they were sewn in two. They were killed with the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, one of whom was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. For the Old Testament people we're talking about, their faith allowed them to endure suffering. Their assurance of things hoped for allowed them to endure suffering. They went through all of that for their faith. Beatings, imprisonment, floggings, The interesting thing about this is these same Hebrews people would experience similar treatment soon to come. And so all these things they're learning are actually going to become their reality eventually. But why would anybody be willing to go through that? Why go through that treatment? Well, because verse 39. And all these things, though committed through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Another group not receiving the fullness of their promise, the, the understanding of the Messiah to come. These people in the Old Testament didn't get that. Since God had provided something, what? Better for us. That apart from us, they should not be made perfect. He's telling the Hebrew people, listen, the promises of God are better than a life of ease. The promises of God are better than a life of ease. No suffering you can experience in your life here on earth will ever be better or worse than what is going to be good when I come back. Who said anything about easy?
But even when it's hard, what I have to offer you is better. Hill City, here's the call for us. Right? We, we've seen the call to the Hebrews. It's not any different looking for us. We must live lives defined by faith. Defined by faith. We, let's flash back chapter 11, verse 6. This, this is a big statement we're about to read. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. It is impossible. The, the, the reverse of that is what? With faith, it is possible to please him. We must live lives defined by faith. Faith leads us to more. It leads us to an action. Right? Faith when the concept isn't faith, it's when it's actually tested and has to become true faith. And faith leads us to something bigger. The same three things. Not only did the Hebrews were told they would receive these things, not only did the Old Testament people have the result of faith, but we also have the same three results. Faith provides us with confidence in our future. We have that same confidence. That's not just for the people of the Old Testament. That same, conf that same confidence exists for the people in this room. To move forward into the future. It's kind of hard to have confidence in promises, though, a lot of the time, I think, for us. Because we've all had lots of promises not met before. Been let down by promises. This was said a few weeks back, but what we are, we only sometimes are. And so we don't always meet our promises. It's from small things like your parents promising to play catch with you when they get home, when you get home, to I'll be there for you when you need me, to mom and dad will love each other forever, like these promises, but then they go unmet. The promise of a promotion at work. And they just kind of keep, they keep the, the promise right in front of you, but you never get to it. We've been conditioned. We've been conditioned to not put confidence in promises. It's what our stories have taught us. You can't trust promises. But here's the difference. We are what we are only sometimes, but what God is, he always is. That's the difference. So when God makes a promise, his track record says that he's going to fulfill those promises. Who he says he is, he always is. He has made us a promise. And he will fulfill that promise. Just like the Old Testament models, their faith led them to perseverance. It's the same for us. Faith calls us to persevere in the midst of waiting. Faith calls us to persevere in the midst of waiting, and we really don't like waiting. We really don't like waiting. We live in a culture of instant gratification. What you want, you get, and usually pretty immediate, right? I miss my mom. 
I can instantly call her. I need a new shirt. Last night I was at a wedding and spilled barbecue on a white t-shirt. It was tragic. If I wanted to, Amazon, boom, it'll be here in two days. We get bored, social media. Like we live in this world that what we want, how, what we want to be fulfilled, we get it fulfilled immediately. World of hurry. But waiting is a necessity. The people of the Old Testament had to wait. Also, what is it that we're waiting on? Right, we aren't promised a whole lot of things. You know what we're promised? We're promised Jesus and eternal life with him. Sometimes we add extra baggage to that promise. What's the better life you're expecting? Is it wealth, health, security? That's not the promise we're given. The promise is eternity with him. Everything else is added benefit. Listen, God can provide those things. He can provide miracles. He can provide a life of safety. But that's just added benefit. That's not the reason to have faith. It's the better life to come in eternity with him. What he has promised far outweighs anything he could give us in this life. The last thing, the thing that the people of the Old Testament had with their faith was that it allowed them to endure suffering. It allowed them to endure suffering. Having faith is, it brings about, I think, a lot of fear. I know it does for me. A lot of fear. Not only, not not because not I necessarily struggle with the same things that these Old Testament people struggle with. I'm not getting tortured and mocked and flogged. But sometimes I feel like I can kind of relate to what Noah went through. Right, he had to build an ark and then people thought he was crazy. People didn't understand. He lost reputation. That's kind of where I feel like I see myself. But guys, people still struggle with the same things that were mentioned here earlier. The same type of suffering, torture. In Haiti, right this minute. Right this minute, there are 17 missionaries of the gospel being held hostage. But it is by their faith that they're able to endure that suffering. Faith is going to require scary steps out of steps out of a step. Maybe you have to step out of a relationship, a friendship, an environment, step into hard decisions, hurt, pain. But once again, it's looking forward to what's on the other side of a better life. What is in the better life? So I was reading through this. Of course, I was thinking a lot about Hill City, like this is my home. I, I love all of the people at this church. And one of my favorite parts of my job is every Tuesday we get together, our whole staff, and we talk through the stories of God being faithful and the people of this church being faithful. It's one of my favorite times of the week. And it got me thinking, what are the stories that are going to be told of faithfulness in this room? 
of people having confidence, perseverance, of people enduring suffering. Maybe there's going to be stories here like Abraham's. Where by faith, some of you in here are going to pick up everything you have and go and leave your home country. We, we want to be a church that plants other churches. It's one, of, it's one of our core values, multiplication. Some of you are going to be called to pick up everything and go. And I'm not just talking to college students. There's some of you are going to have a call. Can you step out by faith? Maybe, maybe some of us in this room are going to be called to live a life like Noah, where we have such radical faith, such abnormal faith and obedience that people think we're crazy. I love when, when someone in the Christian faith does something so crazy and so faithful that even Christians think they're crazy. Can that be the stories in this room? Let's get bigger than that. Can this church be defined by faith? Like when people think and look at Hill City, can they be looked at as a people who are like by faith? That's the banner thing that goes over our heads. They do things by faith. Can we take our faith into our jobs, to our classes, our homes, our friends, to restaurants, like just around this city? Can people look at us and say, I don't get it. But it seems they're living by faith. Can we be defined by faith? And, and we, we got to hear, I, I want to make a very clear understanding of something. We're defined by faith. We don't have perfect faith. Defined by faith. We don't have perfect faith. I saw this quote, faithful does not equal flawless. Doesn't equal flawless. Listen, these people in the Old Testament were all defined by faith. We look back at a lot of their stories and they have some crazy, messy pasts. Abraham pawned off his wife. Noah, after he got off the ark, went and got drunk and naked in his tent. Like they have some messy pasts. But they were ordinary people like you and I who are just living out in extraordinary faith. We're not called to lives of perfect faith. Why? Because we can't. And that's why we need chapter 12. We need chapter 12 because our faith isn't always going to live up to the standard. We're not always going to have perfect faith. But can our lives be looked at as being defined by faith? If a story were written about this church, if, if a book, would it say... Your name, by faith, did this. Just like we did, the Hebrew author did, with the people of the Old Testament. We don't have perfect faith, and that's why we need Jesus. Jesus perfected the faith. That's where we're going next week. But Hill City... What an incredible picture of the gospel when we can step out in confidence and live by faith, when we can step out and persevere by faith, when we can live a life that endures even hardships. What a declaration of I 
I'm gonna take a step and live out my faith. Pray with me.